summer and i think you're also in full-on summer yeah i feel and, like my uh, summer is fuller on than yours is. it's not noon yet and it's like 90 here oh i'm so sorry yeah it's, it's not great probably 73 and cloudy here it's very nice oh and i long for it since the last time uh we talked a lot has happened we talked a little bit about it on pre-roll but one of the things that happened is i got heat pumps in my house and so i have what amounts to an air conditioner which will be a heater in the winter in my office that's which tremendous. I can be here, yeah. which is um, otherwise I can't. Like my routine before heat pumps was essentially get up in the morning, hang up and hang out in my office, do work until the temperature hit 80 and then leave because it was yeah. too hot and then come back later when uh, it cooled off again and, and, you know, move fans around the house and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. The heat pumps are great. Like I think at some point we're probably going to pursue more of that for our house. Cause we've got one upstairs that we had put in several years ago and it basically made it possible to sleep at night in the summer, okay. which is great. Right. But, like, Very important. Yeah. But even then it's still sort of like daisy chaining fans and whatnot because of the placement. Like if we knew now, if we knew then what we know now, it absolutely would have just been in the bedroom uh, instead of uh, in the hall that sort of serves all of the upstairs, but none of it very well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some variability. Like, my friend who has a much smaller house who lives nearby me, um, she got heat pumps installed and basically just got kind of one downstairs and one upstairs because her house is smaller, and so theoretically that should be fine. But what it means is she's either got to have her bedroom door open or she's got to, like, get gradually hotter at night when it's hot here, which is not as often. Yeah, yeah. But I sent you a picture. You can kind of see my house looks like some weird circuit board. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very exciting. We've got a little bit of that because of ours, but it's just like in one spot. So we don't have the whole, yeah, sort of integrated circuit feel. I'm just really happy uh, it matches my trim because otherwise it would be super weird instead of just a little weird. And yeah. like, the people who installed it were like, oh, you can paint it. And I'm like, come on, I'm not going to paint it. Like, <laughs> sure. Thank you. I could. Yeah, you could in theory. And if, if your paint job is brand new, then the paint will even sort of match. Let me tell you, my paint job is so not brand new. Yeah, that's kind of the same thing with ours. Our, like, I think I ended up painting some of it, but uh, but yeah, it's like it's a weird thing. So should we do a official sort of intro? Cause oh, sure, yeah. yeah that I... should probably be on the, uh, on the like unofficial pre-roll or whatever, the recorded yeah. unofficial pre-roll. I forgot how to do all of this. Hey, it's it's me, Josh <laughs> Cortex Millard. And I'm Jessamine. And this is a Metafilter podcast, uh, which we didn't actually mean to stop doing. Yeah, but... so sorry. <laughs> I, the, the other big thing that happened basically at the same time as the last podcast came out is I started a new job. And it turns out starting a new job and then working at that job is a very weird and distracting change in your life. So that's really eaten into my ability to plan literally anything else. And because Cortex's schedule and my schedule means that the convenient times for me to record a podcast are before 8 p.m., and that's about when he's getting off work at his very 9-to-5-y job. Yeah. 
So, oh, sorry. But, but hey, hey, it's fundraising month. Hey, um, yeah. Please uh, feel free to chip in a little. We're doing a very mellow fundraiser uh, this time around. We just want to kind of work on attrition while we work on some other sort of business schemes. In the background, you can read all about that in MetaTalk. Um, but this is uh, Metafilter Podcast 193. And uh, I guess our last one today is, what, August 13th? Our last one was recorded on March 5th. Again, sorry. Uh, <laughs> we'll try not to go four months between them. Yeah, well, and I was like, I'd been meaning to like, oh, Josh is busy. Maybe I can talk to Brandon. And then I didn't get off my ass to do it yeah. because I would really like to also talk to Brandon. I think that would be great. He's that would be lo- lovely. Yeah, I, I, I would love to hear that. Yeah, he's been uh, at sort of, besides moderating, he's been keeping up our uh, FAQ and he's been um, keeping up the Facebook, I just noticed as I was doing kind of a little tour around Metafilter properties uh, on the larger web. And he's been doing a good job. So if you happen to be somebody who's still on Facebook, uh, you can follow along with some interesting Metafilter stuff on Facebook too. I mean, obviously... Actually, the reason I was on Facebook was because I've been slowly, um, what's the word exactly? I've been um, trying to get myself off of like the stuff that I don't need to be attached to in my world of stuff. So like I've talked here before about how uh, I used to be one of the kind of volunteer moderators for um, uh, ALA Think Tank, which is like a group of like 55,000 librarians. Uh, on Facebook, which like I I absolutely love, like it's super fun. But as a moderator, you just get kind of wrapped up in the same moderator stuff that you get yeah. wrapped up in anywhere. And I was a little bit like, eh, you know, this is taking up a lot of my time. And like people kind of argue about it on the weekends when I don't want to argue. And what am I? Like, there's other moderators, right? I can just maybe walk away. I've done this for long enough. It's fine. Uh, But then I kind of looked on Facebook and saw how many other groups I'm also nominally, because I would still be getting all these alerts, like somebody's being a jerk in your group. And I'm like, somebody else will deal with it. Somebody's still being a jerk in your group. And I'm like, ah. (laughs) So I just kind of walked away from it, which felt fine and actually worked fine. I think sometimes uh, people feel like they can't walk away from things that they're doing because no one else will be able to do it. But in point of fact, other people are able to do it. But then I looked at some of the other pages that I'm attached to. Uh, You know, my local library, they've got a social media person now. I don't have to be attached to it. I don't have to get local questions. I don't have to notice that our local librarians are not super responsive to the questions other people ask. I can just walk away. But like Metafilter, still good, still attached to. And uh, Brandon's doing a good job keeping up on it. And maybe Taz, too. I haven't looked to see if Taz was also... Uh, was also on that. But yeah, you can follow Best of Mephi on Facebook if you want to. Thanks. Yeah. And I started a new, like, super temporary job, um, which hasn't taken up a lot of my time, but has sort of taken up a lot of what previously was my discretionary time. Yeah. This is the the Flickr stuff? Yeah. Basically, I'm uh, working with the Flickr Foundation as their community manager, uh, which essentially is working with... um, I mean, Flickr's still around. It was bought by SmugMug. Um, and then there's this thing called the Flickr Commons, which is basically a group of cultural heritage organizations that have free accounts on Flickr. Uh, and it got kind of spun up in, I think, 2008. 
and then there were kind of people paying attention to it for years, and then Flickr got bought by Yahoo, and then it got bought by SmugMug, and it just kind of stuff just wasn't being attended to in the same way. A lot of people kind of drifted away, and now they want to kind of revitalize it, which is great. But what that means is there's a lot of groups that are like, we even have an account there? What? Who? Or, or they don't care. And so the first order of business for me is to contact all these groups. And these are groups like the National Library of Ireland, you know, the San Diego Air and Space Museum, the, you know, this, this and that group. There's like 100 groups, about half of which, maybe a little over half of which are active. So a lot of times I'll email people being like, hey, you've got an account. It's here. Your pictures have had 5 million views over the last 10 years. Uh, if you're interested... We have a chat every Wednesday at the beginning of the at the beginning of the month, or get in touch with me, or whatever. So I'm working with George Oates, who basically was one of the original Flickr people who designed Open Library for the Internet Archive and has done a whole bunch of other great creative design stuff. And so she's the boss. I'm employee number one. I believe we're hiring a tech lead like this week. I don't know who they are. Uh, I'm excited about it. And um, yeah, we're we're gonna see how it goes. So I, yeah. I do the I do the blog. I keep up um, on social media um, with the with the group. I'll send you a link because it's it's actually fun. Like I posted like a thing, um, just about like you know you post things like oh one of our groups is doing this that or the other cute little tiny thing, and I posted like a thing that was just like pictures of a lot of people's end papers up from these books that was collected by uh, the Bergen Library in Norway. And for whatever reason, it just hit a nerve among like Macedon art people, book people. <laughs> I, I'm not even sure who they were. And it just kind of took off in a weird way, which was actually kind of fun. Um, yeah. So it's been just kind of that, venturing out into social media, sending a lot of email, maintaining a blog. Same old, same old. Yeah. Yeah. Not a, no moderation per se, just pure community management, which is actually kind of fun and interesting. Yeah. And it's and super it, part-time, so. Yeah. It, it feels like the lack of a moderation aspect to it is one of the things that probably makes it possible for it to be really super part-time. Like yeah. If you, if I mean, you're just it is working really... up content instead of having to also manage the, the, the t actively manage all of the tails off of that content. Well, time. and it is really tricky because, um, you know, being a part-timer when your boss is full-time and you're in a Slack together and they, you know, send you a bunch of DMs that are like, hey, what about this thing? Or, hey, what about that? And, like, I'm on Slack all the time anyhow just because, like, I have friends I hang out with there. And so it's been interesting learning how to sort of either compartmentalize or just be yeah. like, I'm going to ignore that until I'm on shift tomorrow. Or do I read something and then put it on my timesheet for 15 minutes, you know what I mean? Which is yeah. like money. So yeah, I don't know. It's been, it's been interesting figuring it out. Uh, the job's got a little bit of scope creep because I'm the only other employee. Uh, I think <laughs> once we, once we have a tech lead who I believe is also going to be full time, that should ease out a little bit more. I can hear I... you scrolling. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm contemplating one of the, one of the tricky things about having had a bigger gap is like my, my podcast, like collecting my links together process is always involved for like the last 30 day window with like recent activity and stuff. And like, oh, I really? know that there's, 
Yeah, like like I mean, well, it, it works on a monthly schedule, and I can just like filter my recent activity by subsite, scroll through that, and say, oh, what 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 did I like that feels like an interesting or fun thing to talk about on there, and oh, that works great because it's all within the last month. But it's been you know like there's stuff that I enjoyed, I'm sure, in May that is not going to show up in this last thirty day window. Yes, yeah, for me, it's all stuff that I've favorited for the most part. Yeah. Well, and I'm hoping I've been trying to favor it a little bit more liberally over the last couple of years because um, I was like, I literally wasn't dyed in the wool. I use them basically as bookmarks person. Yeah. And so uh, like being like, yeah, but I could also use them because, hey, I like that. That's a good comment concept. But, but yeah. I wonder. And there's not that many jobs. I would like to encourage people post your jobs or post your availability. But uh, the last one that happened right before we talked, or right after we talked, was Woodvine's looking for an RV for Burning Man, which is coming up in a couple <laughs> weeks, and I hope they found someone. Um, and then there's a couple uh, writers, editors, federal government administrative support specialist. Want to work at the federal government's best place to work and protect the retirement of security of millions of workers and retirees? Da, da, da. Uh, if so, you should talk to Kinsey, who is uh, looking for a person. It's the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation's Office of Policy and External Affairs. All right. DC-based. Got to be on site once a week. Um, but yeah, sounds neat. And uh, more recently, although still probably a month ago, Amtho's looking for somebody to uh, translate a fire into Spanish to invite Spanish speakers to join um, Artisans Co-op. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing I've been doing uh, with my discretionary free time that is not uh, getting yelled at by grumpy librarians on the internet is I've been uh, getting into my Romanian again. I, I oh, decided, nice. Yeah, I decided I, I really need to kind of work on brain plasticity. And so, you know, I used to speak Romanian in the early 90s, mid 90s. And uh, I'm just on Duolingo where a friendly owl encourages me to uh, learn it again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, was, I was wondering about that because has it really has, have you touched it at all really since the since the 90s? No. I mean, I, I occasionally, like, you know, I occasionally will email with somebody who I'm working with, like, doing volunteer stuff at the Internet Archive, and they're Romanian, and so we'll, like, you know, hey, thank you, you're welcome kind of stuff. But, man, other than that, no, haven't touched it. But it's also a lot like French, which I did do um, for a couple of years in high school. So some of it comes back, and then, like, the vocabulary, and then some of it doesn't because it's got um, – pluralization is really confusing and it's got um gendered uh the word for two is gendered huh. so it's 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 like the la la thing in french oh two is okay <laughs> two, two is in the the uh, oh yeah yeah um, two like the number two participant no that's i i fuck it yeah no i was i was like that's that that's impressive like french got weird but romanians going even weirder with accounting yeah so uh, it's no. like doi this or doa this depending uh, on whether it's uh feminine or masculine are the and nouns I, themselves gendered like I, I remember that being a thing with spanish i think 
um, when I took a little bit of that, but. It's a good question. I'm not even 100% sure. I mean, I feel like they are because you use the different two in front of yeah. them. Yeah, but whether whether the whether it's baked into the actual morphine I, itself versus. I think versus... it's not. I believe it's not because the word the, if you say like, you know, bus, it's autobus. And if you say the bus, it's autobusul. You know, mm. you just add the yule to the end of it, and I don't yeah. think that's gendered. Oh, God, somebody who actually speaks Romanian, please don't. Uh, we'll get letters, but um, it's, been, <laughs> it's been fun to, like, learn a thing instead of just kind of, you know, massaging the things I already know or kicking things around the Internet, you know? Yeah, yeah. I am always, like, I, I, I'm always happiest in a sort of, like, ambient feeling sort of fulfilled way when, like, I've got a thing that I'm actively like finding new territory on. Like I, I love the things that I already know and love and do. And like, it can be very comforting to just sort of do the familiar thing, but like that comfort can become like a real sort of complacency where I suddenly realize I haven't really like pushed on something. I haven't like figured out something new in a while. I've just been, you know, doing the things that I already do. Uh, and I get a little bit hungry for like, I, I want, you know, I want the new thing. I want, I want something to really, yeah, sink my teeth into yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, especially like this last year, like I've moved, I've started a new job, I've done other things, and I'm like, all right, I can I can maybe keep keep on this momentum because I feel like maybe it's good for my brain. Maybe. It's not good for my brain. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. But, yes, I think that's it for jobs. Um, I've been looking through projects. There's a couple projects, I think, Um are fun. I think one of them is uh, Nothing's Giant Eagle Puppet Build. Did you see this? I did not. I mean, I think what I got uh, attached to, we were talking on uh, pre-roll, was that um, Jim, uh, not on display, my partner, uh, he got his student loans forgiven because he works in public service, I guess, when you work at one of the largest universities uh we mumble a lot about the place he works <laughs> having you know more money than the entire global south of the planet but uh it does count as uh work for the purposes of getting student loans forgiven so he got a chunk of cash and he did a couple things including he got himself a bicycle which was great get a little you know fitness stuff got an apple watch and then he also went on a trip to iceland where he um, just on his own spent three days and sort of two half days there. He saw um, he saw Cowrie. He saw uh, Catullus. Catullus? Catullus? Nice. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Kari lives sort of part-time there, I guess, and maybe part-time in Finland and, you know, has a family and, like, everything was just kind of neat. And he and Jim managed to just hook up, like – and go have coffee together and it was just like the coolest thing but as a result i've been a little bit more plugged into sort of iceland stuff and yeah. uh in iceland's for iceland's national day uh nothing was the technical designer and i don't think jim i think jim i don't remember if jim communicated with nothing or not apologies nothing if i've forgotten but this giant eagle puppet is just amazing yeah i'm watching i'm watching video of them like puppeteering it at the end and it's it's huge and it's tremendous like this is so great yeah yeah i mean those things are just super cool super cool to to see and uh i think jim managed to just miss 
miss Iceland's National Day. But he did have a great time, like took a bus tour, went in a went in a hot spring, uh, ate a bunch of forbidden foods and uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So this is gorgeous and yeah, it's just Yeah, amazing. the articulation on the, the the head movements and the and the beak is in a really nice extra detail and it's like three people puppeteering the thing. Um, there's also a little uh, moment late in the video here of a uh, couple guys wearing uh, like giant flamingo costumes where they're on stilts and they're like Ooh. riding, but also piloting. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a five second blip, but that's a nice little bonus. But you're like, hey, those guys. Yeah. Neat. Well, that's great. Um, I liked. Uh, I, well, I should say I have been liking. I, I've not uh, been keeping up well on projects because. Again, like the regular podcast is a regular part of like my going and looking. But uh, Adrian Hahn has been doing a, a gaming blog called Have You Played, where, like it sounds, it's sort of like him talking about like, oh, hey, here's here, here's um, some stuff about games every week, talking about sort of like like a mixture of like review and criticism type stuff. Um, I really enjoyed his. Uh, Oh God, where was it? I've got it here somewhere. He, he did a uh, entry about Peglin, uh, which is a great idea that I wasn't sure how well it would work. And his takeaway on it was basically, um, wait, well, what's that know, word? I'm sorry. Peglin. Uh, I think it's like a goblin, but it's Pagel is is the idea behind it. So, did you ever is, play Pagel? Is Pagel a thing? I'm sorry, I oh, have okay. no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll as, find as per usual, what? Yes, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no worries. Pagel is a game that uh, came out years and years and years ago, um, back in the Halcyon days of the late 2000s, I guess. It was a PopCap game back when PopCap was like a huge thing. I do um, remember when PopCap was a huge thing. And it's just like, it's it's like a strategic pachinko type game. Like you, you fire a ball and it bounces off pegs and hits blocks and you're kind of like doing a block out style, remove all the blocks to beat the level thing, except instead of like bouncing it up towards the top of the screen with your paddle at the bottom, you're firing balls down into the pachinko pegs and get, try and get them to bounce just right to take out all the bricks with, you know, whatever, the ten balls you had to use. And it was a great little game. Like, it was it was better than it needed to be. And it was sort of an enduring thing. And then they put out Peggle 2 as, like, an Xbox exclusive for some reason that I think still has never gotten outside of that. So I've never played Peggle 2, which would have been like, a, I'm absolutely going to play the hell out of this. And then sort of the whole Peggle thing sort of fell by the wayside, I think, as a result of that. Uh, and then 15 years later, someone put out a game called Peglin, where it's like, what if it's the same idea, but it's like a little RPG thing, where like you're a goblin fighting his way through enemies, and you hit them by hitting specific little blocks down in the pachinko area to trigger damage or trigger healing or whatnot. And it's, it's, it's a nice little idea. I favored it when I first heard it was going to happen, and then I didn't get around to buying it. And Adrian's take on it is like thoughtful and a little bit like dissuading of like, hey, this is a great idea, and you know what you have to do with a great idea is figure out how to actually make it fun. And Peglin kind of maybe doesn't really figure that out. So like it's it's amusing, it's a nice idea, and you sort of end up feeling like okay, but this doesn't all gel, which is yeah. Yeah, yeah, always yeah. a challenge when you have like a what if we stick these two unrelated ideas together? Like you know, it's so much easier to have an interesting idea than it is to make every piece of that idea work. And it sounds like they you know didn't get as far as they wanted, but you know this is this is the takeaway of like a thoughtful post by Adrian talking about you know why. You know, you know how how it feels to play, why it feels like 
there's missed things, you know. And so it's good criticism. It's like, you know what? I thought this was going to be fun before. You know, it's like. Right, right. It's, it's like we're good, all so used to. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's not shocking that Adrian is writing good, you know, game design Adrian's thoughts. He's such a good writer. I um, mean, his book, You've Been Played, continues to just sit with me as like, man, that was just such a useful analysis of yeah. a, 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 a slice of the world that I know enough about to be interested, but not enough to feel like I have any sort of like expert knowledge or anything. Yeah. And I haven't talked about this, about this at all, but I kind of assume part of the reason this blog is this, is this because that book got done. It's like, well, now what do you do? <laughs> what do you do with all your writing right. about games? Well, energy? and I see him sort of chit-chatting a little bit on uh, Mastodon, although not anywhere near as much as Dan. Ah, who's his brother? <laughs> Dan is, yeah. Very chatty. Dan is voluminous. I appreciate it. He's a yes. good follow. Well, I have a couple more projects, uh, some sort of low-key and some uh, a little bit more. Uh, this one is just uh, super nice. Hey, we've got a YouTube channel about our backyard, and it's Joanne Miriam. And uh, I'm not 100% sure if this is the backyard of hers that I have been in. Um but uh, I have been in one of her backyards, and uh, it's just a videos of critters. It's yeah. Just let's look at deer or rabbits or the occasional coyote or here's the squirrel on the feeder. I don't know if you've yeah. uh, seen on Malt Shop, but um, no, I wasn't expecting to mention his name, so I'm not thinking about it right <laughs> now. But <laughs> you know, there's it. There's a, a guy on Malchop who figured out how to set up this kind of raspberry pie-ish trail cam that one can build themselves and is using it to get some pretty cool close-up shots of birds on their bird feeder. But it's made out of like soda, soda bottles and let me see if I can trail. Ah, this is just not going to work at all, is it? Absolutely it's not Never does. Work. Never does. Wait, wait, maybe if I look for DIY. Nope. Forget it. I give up. Um, but he's got just trail camps are neat, right? Especially if you get the feeling that they're not intrusive or invasive. So you just yeah. get to look at animals being basically animalish. Although, obviously, if they're in your yard, they're not being quite as animalish as if they weren't in your yard. Uh, but. Yeah, I um, I just thought it was nice. I like looking at the videos. I always enjoy those. Yeah, excellent. And then the other thing I was going to mention, which is a little bit more in my personal wheelhouse, was uh, B. Wordmuller, Ben, um, did a thing called Band Book Club. Basically, it's oh, yeah. kind of a reload it preview. Like, it'll show you a book that's been banned, some information about it, and then a preview of it, uh, I believe, um, stuff that comes from Google Books, uh, and then some links to buy it. And then Paul Slade uh, published it actually to Metafilter. Some people had uh, some problems getting it to work. But I, I do really think it is really important that we pay attention to what's been going on in this country, which is a very small faction of, as far as I'm concerned, lunatics are behaving like they are a huge organized, I mean, they're very well organized, but there's not that many of them. And yeah. they're really trying to uh, sort of control what people can read, especially what children can read, especially about things that uh, have to do with sort of BIPOC lives and rights and um, gay and trans uh, 
kids, teens, and adults. Yeah. And it's, and it's a problem. Yeah. Um, it's a very big problem. So the more people can pay attention to it, uh, the better that is. I appreciate more people talking about it. It used to kind of be a thing where I'd always get on the American Library Association's ass because they'd be like, these books have been banned. And I was like, ah, have they? Somebody just challenged them in a school library. But now, no, that's actually what's fucking happening. And um, it's a problem, right? If you're a kid in Florida, uh, you have significantly less access to books about being a gay kid than you would if you were here in Vermont. Um, yeah. A couple people have reached out to me just over the last couple months to ask, like, what can I do? So I did write up a blog post that's on my own blog talking about kind of what you can do, what you can do to help. Uh, it's a little inside baseball about the American Library Association. People may or may not care about that. Uh, I definitely still have some critiques of the American Library Association, but I do think an organized response is important and the american library association is at least organized so they're a good place to start if not with your own state's library association who's probably dealing with some shit especially if you're dealing if you're in states like montana arkansas iowa florida um some of the some of the bigger ones that have been dealing with uh bigger louisiana uh challenges lately yeah there's been just a lot of really awful horseshit. It's yeah, yeah, and I think at first I just started kind of ignoring that horseshit because I was just like, ah, it's just a couple cranks, whatever. Like there was a big thing that just happened. It's what? It's August thirteenth now. A big thing that happened um, August fifth when like Kirk Cameron, you might remember him. Um, yeah, him and his assholes decided they were going to kind of harass public libraries into letting them use meeting space to do a quote-unquote story time um, with their book that was sort of a very Christian, super Christian book. And again, nothing wrong with Christian books, books about Christianity, books that tell kids about Christianity, but this was a little bit more kind of evangelical. There's one way to be a person, and it's probably not the kind of thing that a public library would have used for their story time. And as well, we don't just have randos from the outside do story times in libraries. They're usually run by librarians, blah, blah, blah. And so they were basically like, we're just going to really push libraries to let us do story times there with our super evangelical book and if they don't which actually a lot of them were sort of expecting we're gonna go on a rampage and yeah i mean that's the whole fucking thing go to the press yeah the whole the whole point is to like you know make an unreasonable suggestion and then like make fucking hay out of the fact that oh hey we're being oppressed because they didn't say yeah do this bad fucking idea that you know we're gonna say no to and it's yeah 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 yeah, so definitely a problem, and uh, I appreciate people who are working on it. I just noticed there is another um, I made a bird feeder thing uh, in projects from Marky. Uh, it's a bird feeder, not a DIY camera, but uh, you'd probably like this especially, Josh. Uh, it's a, sort of a Frank Lloyd Wright style oh, yeah. lamp, yeah, and then like... turned it into a... Uh, Turned into a really cool looking bird feeder. Yeah, a little sort of prairie style uh, yeah. framing there. That's clever. That's, a, that's yeah. a nice little take. Yeah. Basically, they modified a thing that has kind of a 
uh, bottle in it. Well, now I'm confronted by cookie questions. Deny, <laughs> uh, deny. But yeah, all things birds. One of the things that's kind of weird about my house is I don't have a really ready place to um, hang bird feeders that isn't right over my porch, which is just kind of a bird shit like nightmare <laughs> like I, I need to get a little bit more clever having like a, a bird feeder that hangs a little bit over my like plantings and not over my porch but tricky so i've been working on it i have a suet uh, cake that's out on my porch and i just hose it off regularly the porch not the suet cake <laughs> and yes it's a little bit little bit of a mess well the more i scroll through projects the more i find to talk about on projects so i Turns would also there's a lot of good stuff like to talk about um an lp an lp player this is by meta tuesday streaming an endless loop of songs from the boston public library collection on archive.org this is me not talking about the lawsuit against oh, the archive.org yeah. and their lp collection uh, but this is a really cool program and yeah. uh, a really cool thing. Uh, I believe Meta Tuesday has had other projects that are similar, um, similar sort of massaging things. I thought I had seen this one before. Clearly not. Or maybe I saw it somewhere else. At any rate, it's cool. I like it. More positive library stuff and spread around the positive value of libraries. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Anything else in your projects you enjoy? Uh, no, uh, not, not, not at the moment. <laughs> what was that noise? That's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, think, I think that was, that was, that was a my new job noise. Um, Great. Because I do a lot of like, uh, a lot more talking on audio in particular, you know, sometimes video, but, but, you know, a lot more video calls with people throughout the company and there's like you know two three hundred people in this company and i interact with reasonably speaking only like probably 40 or so of them um sounds but like it's, a lot. it's it's still a lot and it's it's a very weird change from like you know uh working at metafilter and working with the same like you know handful of people for years and years and mostly via text and now i'm like having audio conversations with people i don't know nearly as well in general um and so i've, I've definitely been developing a slightly different set of like non-committal but appropriately <laughs> responsive noises for, yeah, yeah. for, for, for calls. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, and I think that was one of them. I think that was sort of like a, hey, okay, clearly we're not going to move on until we have a noise that acknowledges that we need to move on. But also I don't have an answer for you, so... Um, it's weird to think about. It's weird, it's weird bringing a skill set very sideways into a different context. Uh, it's one of the things about it. Um, also, we, we didn't explicitly say this, but along with uh, it having been a while, I can't currently this morning locate the mic I usually would have recorded on. So oh, I'm recording right, on a right, webcam right. mic, so I'm probably going to sound a lot more roomy than I usually do on the podcast. And also, I keep doing mic discipline things for a mic that's not there. So I keep like backing off slightly from the mic when I realize I'm going to laugh loud, but the mic isn't two inches in front of my mouth, so I don't know what that's going to sound like in the balance either. It doesn't hopefully... sound like anything special to me, Okay, so good. hopefully would... it's all right. Yeah. I'm using the same headset that Matt bought me um, 10, 11 years ago. Little pieces of black fuzz are falling off into my ears <laughs> as we 
as we speak, but like the microphone parts, I can see exposed copper wiring that I haven't yet covered up in uh, yeah. electrical tape. Like I'm amazed this thing still works, but uh, seems we should to have still a, work. A, a meta talk thread that's just people collecting together uh, links to pictures of their battered audio hardware because I'm looking at like two different sets of fucked up headphones in my office right now. Right. Yeah. Sort of like a, a, a special deskology thread. We should do a discology thread, really. It's been a long fight. Yeah, that's that. a good idea. You should do that. Uh, you should do that. Because I'm fucking I will crazy. try to do that, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we in the very general Metafilter community sense, not, 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 not trying to confide <laughs> not it. Not either you or going. I. Yes, but people listening to this and the people that they like to poke and, you know, like, like let's spread the love around. Somebody do it. Yeah. I, I, like, I like that there's been the move towards, like, more broadly doing uh, chatty thread posting, like, Metatalk tail threads and, and free threads on the blue, like, that that moving to like just whoever doing it is uh, feels like a really really nice sort of yeah I think uh, it's redistribution fun. of effort. I mean, I think Taz is cool with it. I mean, she as said she has been, and uh, I think the only thing is if if somebody doesn't step up, then maybe it doesn't happen. Yeah, know? that's the trickiest thing. Um, but but yeah, no, it's been fun to see kind of what other people have to say, and I encourage people if you want to have sort of chatty community building threads and meta talk, especially ones it. that are just positive in nature, please do because yeah, I I think a lot of us just kind of like having a place to blab in kind of what I perceive to be slow motion on yeah. the internet. You know, like sometimes yeah, exactly. Slack just seems too immediate, and I just want to like leave a comment and then come back and see if anybody said something. Yeah. Later. Yeah, I recently joined the uh, the Today in Tabs uh, Discord, uh, oh. which which I've been meaning to do for a long time, and I was sort of like noting when I did so like the other week that like it's really dumb that I didn't do it like a year previously when I was then unemployed for several months and had all the time in the world to fuck around on a Discord. It's like oh no, I'll wait till I'm like actually busy with a job and then then I'll try and keep up with the new Discord. And it's you know it's it, it's a fun place. I like it. Uh, but it's a little bit busy the way Discords are, just like by their nature. Like even when it's not super busy, it's scattered across a bunch of channels, and you know it's a bunch of people talking in, in unpredictable moments about different things. So it's it's a it's a little bit it's it, it's a little bit of a lot, but it's a pleasant a lot. But like there's something about having like a, a like a forum thread style thing like on Metafilter where like that pace feels much more manageable. Like you know, right. Yeah, no, totally. I didn't, I don't, Discord, I do not have a, a Discord community that I interact with. Like, there's a librarian Discord community that I know about, and I used to kind of dip in and out of it, but then I was just like, when I was kind of smallening my connections, I was just like, nope, Discord's just going, I just don't use it. It's like the way yeah. I don't go to Twitter anymore for the most part, and like, yeah, you know, I spend a little bit of time on Blue Sky, I spend a lot of time on Mastodon now, and... uh you know, having fewer places to check in, but I reconnected sort of with the the one one four two crowd, who's now mostly oh, nice. on Slack. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me, and um, like that's fun because it's like a group of people I met on Metafilter fifteen twenty years ago. I don't know how long ago, and yeah. um, they're all grown ups now for the most part. And it's just it's really fun to kind of have a place to sort of bullshit with people who know you that's small, in addition to Metafilter, the place to bullshit with people who know you that's big. Yeah, and there's the a nice thing about that, like you have that long running side community, is like everyone is used to that concept of like a chill pace too. Like right. if you you don't have the sense of like you know fervent, irrepressible energy going on that you get from like uh, discords for like new things. Like like my only real big Discord community experience, other than like starting to hang out with the today and tabs people, is. Um, 
that I was on the Blazeball Discord because that was where so much of the discussion of Blazeball happened. Yeah. Uh, what what it was going on, um, which it, it like it is formally over now. I think that happened since we last talked, but now it's like officially Blazeball is done. Um, so did they like come back for like one more season, or was it not like a even a full season kind of? They they they, they came back in pieces a few times and i think what they ultimately found was like financially it was hard to make it work because they didn't want to do anything gross financially about it and by not doing anything gross financially about it there wasn't really the money to like do sufficiently complicated daring and sort of like infrastructural investment stuff to make some of the ideas they wanted to pursue happen so it's like okay you know it's it's just a it was like you know it it's really hard to deal with lightning in a bottle, and that's what they had when baseball started. It really just was the moment and the thing, and it was way too much for them to deal with. And they spent a few years trying to figure out how to make it sustainable, and it's just like it just wasn't. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm sad in the sense that like this thing that was this really amazing few months of my life didn't like end up being a long term part of my life. But also, I think they made the right call in saying, "Hey, you know, we're not we haven't figured out how to make it work." Um, but that was like a very, very, very busy Discord. Just like oh god, I can imagine a ton of people. Just so much like fun, creative energy, and also a certain amount of like the discourse happening around the edges, depending on which channels you were in. Because it was also a lot of like relatively young people who have that young person energy to really, really be like I. I I'm definitely someone who has been very online for a long time, but like increasingly in a sort of like yes, but I can pace myself sort of way. And yeah. like you know, you get. You get teenagers and and 20-somethings who are just, like, chock full of energy, and you get that they haven't sort of worn themselves out yet. And so it was a very very fun, very intense, very creatively charged place that I really enjoyed. But I would enjoy having had it been not on a Discord exactly. Like, a lot of of the stuff that happened there also got externalized out to, like, Twitter and Tumblr and blogs. So it won't all go poof if the Discord goes poof. But, like, Discord is a bad archive. Like, that's the biggest downside to it becoming so dominant in gaming discussion spaces and software like like open source software discussion spaces is like it ends up being like oh yeah go to the discord for information on this and hope that it's still active and hope that it still exists and hope that you can find an answer somehow by searching back through months or years of conversation instead of looking for like threads you know it's just like it's a bad way to catch up on things even though it's great chatter in the moment yeah well yeah it depends on kind of what you're what you're going for but yes if if the goal isn't chatter in the moment it can be difficult yeah i I feel like people are going to more broadly really feel that like five ten years from now as like the long-term archival weaknesses of that really become visible more broadly but uh but the problem is there right now and it's like it's a worrying thing like it's it's definitely a worrying thing in terms of thinking just like the health of sort of community web stuff because it's not at, at this point it's decidedly not web stuff and that comes with a lot of costs so right 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 interesting that's an interesting way of thinking about it actually like i think of slack as like kind of web stuff um but i don't think of discord as web stuff at all yeah. even though it can run in a web page the same way i believe yeah. slack can right yeah yeah um, I believe so. I think there's a way. I, like, I use the client because I also... The main thing I use Discord for is just as an easy way to organize uh, co-op audio when I'm, like, gaming with my, my friends. Um, uh-huh. 
you know, and you, then you, you can, can just, all talk together. Yeah, on a like yeah, like we've got a Discord space that we use for that, but we don't use it for anything. We just like, oh, this is this is how we Skype because it's easy and it's gaming oriented is the way it was designed, so it fits well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, should we talk about Metafilter, I guess? Yeah, and it occurs to me, as I'm looking through my um, favorites, which is how I sort of um, check this, all the things that happened over the last, like, because I think we initially didn't talk because there was also that stuff going on with figuring out what was happening with the steering committee. And I don't want to, like, go into a whole thing about it, but I feel like I should mention it, even though... I feel like anybody who's listening to the podcast probably knows this whole story, but is is that okay if I just take a brief derail oh, sure. for yeah, that? Go for it. No, yeah, not I a just... derail, not going off on a tangent on this podcast. What? <laughs> but essentially, when we were looking at nominations for the steering committee and it had become clear that the initial steering committee had really put in sort of more time than we thought the project was going to be taking. And in many cases, it was just too much time, frankly. Uh, there was a lot of sort of discussion about whether or not that was even okay to have people volunteering time for a for-profit company, which Metafilter is, despite the fact that's not how we use the money, but it is definitely how yeah. I could use the money. Yeah. Um, and so there was a lot of sort of conversation. I talked to my lawyers, like blah, blah, blah. And we had to suspend the steering committee because we couldn't essentially have um, – volunteers volunteering for a for-profit company without being potentially in violation of labor laws, which tons of companies do it, but that doesn't mean it's okay. And we just sort of decided that that was kind of how we were going to move forward with this. And it's been yeah. a while. I have given some updates uh, in various meta talks, uh, speaking to lawyers, figuring out kind of what the plans are. Uh, appreciate the hell out of the work, the initial steering committee, did one of the reasons we're not doing like a huge fundraising push right now is so that we don't I mean number one we don't have uh, sort of volunteers helping us out but also number two we're kind of looking at maybe doing some kind of a reorg much of which has already been shared in MetaTalk, but I did want to at least kind of mention, I think one of the reasons we initially didn't have a podcast is, you know, we were doing a lot of figuring out what the hell's going on Yeah, um, there were some kind of random here and there kind of menacing comments that made me be a little concerned that we might have imminent threats to the site um, itself and uh, we just sort of decided to go dark for a little bit so that we could regroup instead of sort of going public and uh, doing what I love to do the most which is shoot my mouth off so I sort of was protected from myself a little bit <laughs> um, and if people want to kind of read the uh, just the one or two fundraising uh, posts or the site update you can get a little bit more details you're welcome to reach out to me personally if you want to I'm jessamine at gmail.com but that was I forgot <laughs> that that had happened right after our last podcast and I just wanted to acknowledge that 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 has happened and is happening and is a thing that I've been uh, pretty actively working on so yeah. that's that's all I have to say about that I think anything uh, else you have to say about it I don't think so not really okay great so let's move on to Metafilter. I just I, I was looking at my favorites and was like, oh, yeah, I was going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and in the spirit of like, oh, yeah, that one thing that has happened since uh, 
since uh, we that's the wrong window uh, since we talked is it was Metafilter's birthday July July 14th has, has come and yeah. gone yeah 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 we didn't, we didn't those do cats a major thing but we did uh, we did uh, do a little sort of uh, Metatalk post and next year is going to be the 25th we yeah. will see how we are feeling about that Oh my gosh, just seems like a lot, but there is kind of a nice little like, let's just chat about the site thread that's still open if you wanted to uh, just yeah. chat about the site or how you met people or what we did or what you did or we got catscan.com uh, up and running again. It occasionally is not up and running <laughs> uh, and it's up and running again. And yeah, uh, me and Luke kind of made that post and then other people have been chiming in in the thread. Yeah, thanks for the reminder. Um, let's see. But in the just random posts, uh, there was the very recent post about the Jeopardy uh, strike bullshit. There's a nice... I don't actually know anything about this, so if you oh, want to okay. run me through it, that would be awesome. Uh, it's it's a it's a just a shortish article, Etrigan linked uh, on the front page, uh, talking, like, like, like quoting and talking about the position that a bunch of former Jeopardy... Uh, contestants got put in by producers for the show trying to get them involved in like current shooting for like a hey second chancer tournament which is like you know and, and an is that a thing, thing that they normally do or they were trying to do it because they don't have any content because i think that specifically strike. like i i get the impression that jeopardy in general has gotten a lot more like doing events and whatnot in the last several years in any case like i haven't been like keeping track but i've seen chatter about it probably mostly on other um, but I think this is specifically partly because, like, yeah, like, we need some content, we need something we can do as a gimmick that we can also somehow, like, just make happen. And so they're like, hey, yeah, you want to come do this thing you really, really want to do in, like, a completely ethically unworkable context? Hey, what do you think about that? And it's basically talking to people who got that put to them and how much that sucks and the various ways that it's, you know... A shitty position to be put in and and basically everyone ending up with like and also no nope can't do it right That's wrong. so did they wind up did they do you know do they wind up not doing it because i think this people... is very contemporary still oh I like see, I so see. like like whether this does end up happening basically probably comes down to whether they can find enough people who are actually willing to say yes which who knows but like the, the article's more reporting on it as a current thing that is happening in terms of like Jeopardy production trying to make this happen and, and sort of putting this terrible bargain in front of former contestants. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I think that's one of the things because it's an ongoing strike and people don't really know whether and when it's going to be resolved. Like, how do you plan around that exactly from, from either end? Right. Um, but yeah, there's some interesting discussion in there. Um, and yeah, we have a lot of trivia people on the site. Uh, Thea Delight is one of the many people in this shitty, like, well, I'm going to be on Jeopardy, but well, maybe I'm not. Um, well, and there's so many Metafilter people who have been on Jeopardy. Like, yeah. it's the overlap between Metafilter people and people who have been on Jeopardy is decent, decent sized. Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely disproportionate. We're a Jeopardy kind of site, I guess. <laughs> Um, but in, in more pleasant, weird, random current internet stuff, there's also a post from uh, Al Swigert about Skibidi Toilet, which is just 
a surreal, weird little computer animation thing that I'm not even going to try and explain. It's just, it's contemporary weird memory. And uh, if that sounds like your thing, go watch it. If it doesn't sound like that thing, go watch it so you can complain about how much it's not your thing. But uh, it's just, it's, it's straight up contemporary meme shit. I like it. I appreciate it. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say about it. It's just like, I it's am a weird sure thing Jim would internet. like it. I, I couldn't bet even Jim get would past love it. the first sentence. Yeah, <laughs> that, that feels about that feels about right. Uh, <laughs> for my Although knowledge speaking of, of Jim, he uh, he made a post uh, in April just to badnewspapers.com, which was essentially like correction, like things that showed up in newspapers that are typos or whatever, but they got into print because you didn't used to be able to fix that stuff, and it's just kind of a dumb (laughs) Tumblr blog. Uh, Pakistani troops beat off militants. Classic. Never never gets old, right? Yep. I'm never not 12. Yeah, and I don't remember... I feel like this is something that... um, Well, at any rate. Like, I feel like Jim and I talked about it, and I don't remember where it came from, um between the two of us but i'm sure it came from actual somewhere but wow that sentence okay yeah uh <laughs> i like how much like we've come full circle like well i don't know if it's full circle exactly but like that that, that probably used to be a thing that people would like you know find and, and share with their friends if they saw something from the local paper and then it turned into like this is jay leno's day job and now it's oh, like, you God, know what? This yeah. is, we're just posting shit on a blog you know Right, but then somebody reads it onto TV and you can actually make a multi-million dollar career out of it. Yeah. Which also comes up to, uh, so that's a post that Jim made. We usually talk about one post that Jim makes. And then this is a post that I made uh, in the last uh, time, which was notable just for having 18 favorites and one comment. <laughs> um, but basically it's uh, Alice Wong who if you know uh, sort of disability history or sort of San Francisco history or whatever she's a uh, um, activist and uh, went through some pretty serious shit with her health yeah uh, I'm trying to think how long ago I'm not sure how long ago either earlier yeah. this year or late last year yeah in the last year or so like yeah, and it was super precarious. She blogged all about it um, after the fact. Uh, she looks like she's doing good now. And essentially, she um, was interviewed by, uh, like, San Francisco MoMA is doing a, they've got a podcast called Raw Material, and they've got Alice Wong to share uh, episodes from her Disability Visibility podcast, which is really good. Alice Wong is just hot shit. She's really good at everything. Um, She, because of her uh, health concerns, she now has a, um, I'm not sure exactly what it's called. She's got a, a voice that is not her own voice that she uses to speak, and that definitely sort of affects like what her podcast is like. And it's interesting because it's a very she has very visible disabilities, but talks about people who have visible and invisible disabilities and a lot of disability activism. And like her voice is just great. It's really great. And so this was an interview with her, and then also kind of a lead-in to uh, the podcast series that she did. And um, I just. I just thought it was great. I just thought it was great to listen to. I, I, I can't get enough of sort of Alice Wong on social media and the things that she talks about. And uh, I was pleased to share it with the Metafilter community. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, dipping into older posts, I, I did go looking into my favorites to find a few things that I could pull off of. And one interesting post I remember from May, this was a post that Fizz made about the I am a surgeon uh, meme. 
which was definitely a thing of like April, May of this year, and I, I haven't seen really any reference to it anytime recently. Um, I don't know anything about any of this. Okay, well, Fizz's so post who's sums the it up pretty good. Guy? The yelling guy is the main character of a show called The Good Doctor, which is a network television show about a very neurodivergent uh, doctor, which is and a is, nightmare is of a this, sentence is to me. The yelling guy, hear. the neurodivergent doctor. Yeah, he's he's okay. having sort of a meltdown because like he's fucked up at work and he's been taking off taken off of surgeon duty and sort of busted down to you know private again or, or whatever oh but like surgeon is like his whole identity yeah yeah of. like 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 he's a like it's i don't watch this show i've never watched this show I, I was vaguely aware of it and i have a comment i think in the thread about like oh, i had been assuming i was misinterpreting something i'd see because it's really not just a straight up oh what if there was a you know autistic uh, tropish doctor who is great surgeon but has a hard time and boy that's I guess that's exactly what it is and it's network television and it sounds like it's real bad but oh okay so this isn't like oh the, great representation this is like yeah actually, yeah no I mean I, 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 the impression I get is it has like been a fodder for discussion in like you know autistic and neurodivergent like you know chat communities but not in a oh they're really knocking it out the park for us on this one sort of positive thing um, but anyway, that turned into a weird network of memes remixing that and riffing on it and whatnot. And Fizz basically made a good roundup of that at what felt like kind of the high watermark of when that was uh, sort of metastasizing and, and going through the increasingly strange galaxy brain variations of, of memory. Um, and it is such a moment in time because I remember that being like all over like TikTok and, and social media stuff for a little while. And I haven't thought of it in months. Uh, and suddenly I'm like, Oh, right. That was, that was an interesting post about an interesting thing that happened on the internet that happened one month earlier this year. And then it was, then it was over. Cause that's the way things work. Um, so there's a bit of time capsule. Um, another bit of time capsule from uh, May was uh, a post. Uh, it's a post I made, but it's like a, a video I liked, which was Simone Gertz, the uh, bad robot, uh, person like she makes terrible robots famously, um, and actually she makes just, them very just out good. Of anything or I'm noticing yeah, like, a stained glass robot. Yeah, yeah. In this case, it's she. She decided to make a stained glass robot, which I was like, you know, couldn't be yeah more on brand for. It was fascinating to watch. But like she's fantastic, and she does just she makes stuff. They tend to be roboty things or other crafty things. Uh, but you know, she's been on you know youtube and doing stuff for years um she had a whole uh tumor and and, and brain surgery scare a few years back oh, that came out perfectly uh. well which is fantastic uh, she's 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 awesome and like every video she makes is good and this one is really nice because in part because it's like frustrating for her like she trying to do this shit with stained glass is like what a wrinkle and she's relatively new to doing stained glass stuff and and this is probably everyone is relatively new to making stained glass robots um, so it's one of those things where you you see her not just like having an idea and wrestling with a little bit, but like actually really struggling with some of the execution. Uh, and she's a good, thoughtful, interesting person to watch when she's thinking through ideas and when she's struggling with frustration. So um, I really liked it, um, not just because of the staying last, but because uh, someone was great and it was a good video. Uh, cool. But yeah. I uh, had a whole bunch of kind of library and design things that are the last um, kind of wrappy uppy for me in Metafilter things. Uh, this post by 
box, which is about the librarians who really got, for lack of a better word, search working um, with computers <laughs> back in the <laughs> 1970s. Um, it's a long article, but I do think it's a really interesting article talking about kind of really before we could search stuff, uh, how did it how did it work? How did people start us being able to search things? What did it mean? And who was the woman, uh, Pauline Cochran, who really started it through her work um, uh, at what Syracuse, I guess? Like, there's a whole bunch of like kind of classic computer pictures, uh, some of which are her and some of which are not. But it, it, it talks about kind of the, the decisions people made in order to be able to make these search things uh, way back in the day. And she's really interesting. And uh, librarians or people who are interested in the history of searching, I think, would, um, would, would really like it. And speaking of, so these three all line up together. I love a good cluster. Yeah. Um, Alex Hollander talking about the redesign of the Wikipedia desktop interface, which launched in January. And there's some notes on the project, although now that I click through, I can't get to Alex Hollander's website. <laughs> okay. I mean, this is just a post by uh, Etrigan from March. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. And so people are talking in the thread a little bit about like, you know, here's, here's some stuff that's interesting about this or that's not interesting about that. And one of the things, Brainwain shows up and has some really good feedback about actually if you don't or do like the interface, there's a bunch of stuff that you can change if you log in. And um, so they've got a really good set of things that you can, that you can do. Um, nice. Now I'm kind of wondering what happened to Alex Hollander's website. Uh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm way backing machining it to see if there's any like recent snapshot of any reference there. But good. And then Brainwain wrote a um, post that's really interesting, basically uh, linking to an article by Susie Drummond called "Writing for the Bad Faith Reader," talking about in general how it's really easy if you're doing writing to sort of bury everything in caveats so that people won't come at you with their kind of bad faith interpretations of what you're trying to say because yeah. you're all used to the internet and used to people doing that kind of stuff. And talks about how maybe it's better, especially when you're just doing first drafts, to try and think about ways of writing to the best faith reader and realize that every single person isn't going to necessarily yeah. like your like your thing um and it's and it's interesting because people talk a little bit about what does it mean to be a bad faith reader specifically uh is it is it just somebody who doesn't like the book is it somebody who just kind of ignores what you're trying to do with the book uh it's just a nice brief discussion about it um and a post that was that was really good from uh, just about a little over a month ago yeah, I saw that. I, I, I remember seeing that post go by and, and had wanted to check it out and it slipped by. So maybe yeah, I recommend I recommend a read. I think the conversation was good in addition to uh, just the article that Brainwain links is very good. Yeah. Did you figure out what happened to Alex Hollander? Nope. Uh, All right. Our archive.org was timing out on me trying to look it up too. So. Yep. Man, I was doing some of my, you know, I do some work with um, archive.org and I yeah. was, uh, well, Alex Hollander's website is up. 
Oh, I had assumed Alex Hollander was a dude. Terrible. Alex Hollander is a woman. Oh, if this is even Alex Hollander. I mean... Oh God. I mean, it's Alex Hollander, but this is Alex Just Hollander. Just stop listening to yeah. me. <laughs> anyway, maybe we'll find out what happened to that website from that post. Um... Yeah, there is some Alex Hollander who is female who does media strategy, brand stuff, and whatever, but has a different URL than the other Alex Hollander, and I'm not sure if they're the same. Moving yeah. on. All right. Go, you know what was ahead, great? Josh. This post about, uh, well, okay. You know what was great? This YouTube video, because <laughs> oh, it's no. another post I made, but but it's just a post. I, it's a video. I like this uh, cover of Evanescence's uh, Bring Me to Life, but done on automatones, and it's fucking delightful. Which is Wait, why what? I posted it, I guess. Is that another uh, word you say different from me? Automaton? Oh, uh, and that's different from automaton. Yeah, no, this, this, this is automaton, which is a specific is a thing. Movie, uh, musical. Oh, thing. Christ. All right, I just clicked your link. I got yes. it. Everybody go watch it. I, I don't have anything else to say. It's just, it's very good and very funny. It's a weird little instrument that I own and never play because I'm bad at it, but I should pull it back up. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what it is. Uh, the automaton Or do I is... just click this video and then I'll... I mean, you just you click and you'll immediately see. You've probably seen one before just because it's a weird instrument. That, oh, those you know, things. Been. But yeah, it's a little uh, you know musical instrument that has a sliding uh, sort of tone strip along the, uh, the length of the staff of the musical note that it roughly represents. And then it's got a, a mouth that you can squeeze to get sort of wah-wah expression you know, doesn't of... doesn't have one of these? Jim? Jim. Jim, this seems like something Jim should have. He has uh, every other instrument, I swear yeah. to God. I mean, a, a little one's cheap. I, again, they're hard to they're, they're hard to play well, but so is the theremin, and that never stopped anyone. Um, he wants a theremin very badly. Oh, he should get one. He should get a DIY kit one. He should not get a DIY kit one. No? Some people are DIY <laughs> kit people. Okay. He should he get is, a pre-assembled one. He is um, not a DIY <laughs> kit person. <laughs> Yes. Um, let's see. I've got a bunch of others that I can sort of throw out. Uh, here's just a random comment that I favorited uh, a month ago or so. Uh, this is a comment in a thread about elevators, and it's a comment from user Unearthed, who just like dropped some, oh yeah, I used to clean up uh, elevator lift shaft interiors, um, and drops like, you know, four paragraphs of just like first person experiential stuff with weirdness about the inside of elevators, and I found that delightful. Post is nice too. There's some other good discussion there, but that, that thread in particular, that comment was like, oh, this is this is that good, good stuff. This wow. is that, oh, I happen to be a bit of an elevator lift maintenance expert myself. I'd scout the shaft during the day. Another comment in a different thread entirely that I enjoyed uh, was this uh, stanza from Deflog... Deflogistated, deflogistated? Is it a soft gene? Deflo like, flogistated? Yeah. I, th I think so, yeah. Okay. Deflogistated. Deflogisticated. Posted in a thread about the Fallout Boy sort of remake of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. Um, the Metafilter themed stanza of Plum Poem, Mega Thread, Period for Someone Dead, Surely This and Plate of Beans sitcom with Paint Roller Scene, and it just. I loved that to death as a bunch of inside uh, Metafilter jokes. 
But also, it's a fun trend. I found Alex Hollander. Oh, good. Go on. Yes. The the, the thread itself is fun and amusing and grumpy and equal parts. Like, not grumpy, grumpy, but people being grumpy about, like, Billy Joel or the quality of the songwriting here. But, yeah, Fall Out Boy did a... Yeah, we didn't start a fire cover with more contemporary references. And it's, you know, it's exactly what it sounds like. And it's, like, whatever you feel about it, you feel about it. But combination of Billy Joel remakes, uh, We Didn't Start the Fire, and just general song riffing made for a, a fairly fun thread. Well, and I saw, like, when people were sort of talking about that, and, yeah. I, I remember when it came around a little over a month ago. It's it's one of those things that's very easy to talk about way more than, like, it merits. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a very lightweight sort of, oh, that happened. Here's Here's a pop culture, you know, incident. Um... What happened to Alex Hollander's website? Is there any news? Um, I don't know. I think he moved to alexhollander.info, maybe? Oh, And I think that was a different one, and I don't know if this Alex Hollander uh, is uh, male, female, or non-binary because their uh, user page is just a picture of a goat. Oh, they're goat. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe .com or whatever was in the link was an old alias that just since lapsed. Maybe, maybe that would explain it. Anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Entirely possible. Anyhow, glad we tracked it down. Yep. Um, there is also, gosh, the Reddit thing happened. That was a whole thing that happened. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, let's see. Where's the Where's the thread for that? I think there were multiple threads, but this is the one that I had something favorited in. Um, which, yeah, if if somehow like this didn't get your internet radar, uh, Reddit took a page from Elon Musk, which is like one of the worst sentences in the world, ah. and decided to put their API behind a tens of thousands of dollars uh, a month uh, pricing scheme, basically, which means everybody who runs a third-party app that depends on the Reddit API basically Including is Including many apps that were the only accessible way to interact with things like Reddit's moderation functions. Yeah, or or just, yeah, like in general accessibility quality in the native mobile app is not good, uh, which is something that a bunch of people uh, in this sort of accessibility inclusive design community. Well, and the thing that Reddit got away with because there were other apps that people could use, they just gave up on the native Reddit app, but then yeah. all of a sudden those were going away. Yeah, this was a very like drama in real life watching it happen. And of course, Raumi yeah. made the post, which is a great, delicious post. You know, yeah. of Raumi's with tons and tons and tons and tons of links to stuff. Um, but man, yep. it was fun talking about it with people who really knew what they were talking about. It's kind of a it's kind of a perfect Raumi post too, because like it's like like his whole style of doing a thorough, in depth like roundup on something. But also, he's been an active redditor for a very long time too. It's sort of sort of got feet planted very firmly in 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 both worlds, um, which I think added to the degree to which he was able to round things up like very sort of clearly and and and. Well, and there's just some adorable comments in there, right? Like, here's somebody who's, like, just been away from Metafilter forever and just decided to, like, come back, you know? Hey, I got married. I had children. I bought a house. I learned to garden. I can't spell my Metafilter username. Like, (laughs) I was away, and now I'm back. It's adorable. I can't pronounce their username either. Sdrawcab? It's backwards, backwards, basically. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I think just saying backwards backwards is good. It's got a real like a a a a a. That's six a's at gmail.com energy. Ah, right. I know which McSweeney's post you're talking yeah, about. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, we're old. We're one old dot people. one dot d o t one. Yes. Yeah. So, so, Classic. Classic. So funny. Yes, but yeah, um, that bird was great and it was really interesting and one of the things that I thought, I mean, I really felt a little bit like maybe we didn't capitalize, we, I guess me and Team Metafilter didn't capitalize enough on, hey, leave Reddit, come here, because I think yeah. a lot of people were like going to Lemmy or they were doing other things and uh, nah. Well, and like, it's a thing, like, I, I could see thinking, oh, maybe we can, maybe we can try and like make some noise. But also like one of the things that was like a big part of the general discussion on it is like how non-trivial it is to actually like transplant someone to a new space, like as a group versus yeah. like, yeah, people are going to scatter. You're going to have a diaspora, but like steering that or having a one-to-one -one replacement is not something that you can just sort of gin up immediately. So yeah, you had people going to a bunch of places, including, you know, we had a few, yeah, metaphors people sort of like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I used to hang on a metaphor. I should go back to doing that, you know? Right. But hey, like, you guys, yeah. It would be disastrous to successfully get a Reddit exodus to land at Metafilter. Like most of the people showing up would not be super tuned into Metafilter thinking. And so finding the middle space of like, how do we make it, easy for like the hundred people leaving reddit who like would feel most like metafilter is a great slot in replacement how do we get them that would be like you know it'd be a good thing to pull off if you can but but also like the last thing you want to do is have ten thousand people who don't particularly get the deal and are used to reddit and it's very different like you know variation in boundaries and expectations just cam girl up the place um which hey, boy, that's yeah. an ancient fucking reference. That's not a that's not a diss on cam girls. That is a callback to the early two thousands when there was in fact a small cam girl invasion of Metafilter. Like, God, I don't even remember any of the details anymore. This was Christ, like two thousand one, something like that. that. Yeah, yes. I think Dave Weiner was still on the site at that point. <laughs> um, unrelated, but you know, hey, timestamps. Um, yeah, well, and then we did have the conversation. I'm trying to think of where. It is because there was a conversation in MetaTalk about, well, what kinds of things on Reddit would be good on MetaFilter? Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing a little bit of that. It was not a terrible conversation, uh, but it definitely wasn't named what I would expect it to be. Named. Oh, it was, it was named something like, you know, what what lessons should we learn from Reddit? Something like that, I think, was I the title. I it had the name Reddit in the title, well, and I'm it scrolling, it's, it's, and I'm not it's, seeing it. Here, let's see if it's this. I think this here. is the one I remember anyway. Here. Um, here. There. We're very good at this. <laughs> well, that actually does have the word Reddit in the title. Why could I not find that? So, yeah, it was a good post from Bottle Cap. Um, basically just kind of, hey, you know, site activity is a little reduced. And what do people like about Reddit that made them enjoy it there that maybe Metafilter could take some lessons from? And, uh, yeah. you know, I felt it was... Mainly constructive, a little bit of stuff being like, yeah, well, if we were owned by Condé Nast, we would do that yesterday, <laughs> but we're not, so yeah. we'll do what we can. But I do think we, we collected some, some feedback that was useful about things like what, what a modern expectation is for a website in 2023 that Metafilter's not meeting that we should yeah. work on and what things are just kind of Metafilter's quirkiness that maybe are not going to be worked on. Yeah. Yeah, cause I, th that was there was definitely an aspect in some of the Reddit discussion of like talking from a Metafilter's perspective about like frustrating things about what like stuff that wasn't happening or wasn't getting done 
by the Reddit folks, and there's this girl's like, well, okay, but, you know, things don't always move fast places, eh? But, you know, yeah, when you have condon ass money, maybe they should. Yeah, <laughs> well, and that's also it. been a thing we were discussing a little bit before, like, on pre-roll, just about, like, working at Flickr, and, like, you know, Flickr.org, the Flickr Foundation, um, helps kind of maintain communities that live on Flickr.com. Flickr.com is owned by SmugMug. SmugMug has their own priorities. Sometimes it is not the easiest thing to get them to fix a thing from 15 years ago that's not even their code so that your, you know, tiny historical society in Upper Ontario can get comments more easily on their pictures. You know what I mean? And so some of that kind of stuff... You know, how do, how do you figure out how to get fractional dev time to do the most useful stuff is yeah. challenging, even with big companies and uh, extra challenging uh, with teeny companies. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, one of the aspects that's interesting and new about my current job is that, like, there is, you know, probably 15 devs who are full-time devs on, like, a few different teams. And, you know, watching them try to manage the scheduling and, and you know working through agile sprints and then interrupt them with things that come up super sudden and that's a that's like you know an order of magnitude more resource than, than metafilter had dev time and they have some of the same sort of like okay but how the fuck do we actually get this done and stop getting distracted by this other thing that also is super important so there's something comforting about seeing that play out with people at scale that's like oh, okay so it, it is actually just it's hard no matter what. You have to figure right. out how to do it no matter what. Um, and then the fewer resources you have, the harder it gets. Yeah. yeah exactly. Sometimes. I mean, unless you're like a one-man show kind of thing or one-person show. Sorry. What the hell? Yeah, like, like um, the, the auteur theory of website maintenance. Right. Well, that's been nice about Maltrop where it's pretty easy to like fix a thing because more of us have access to the code base, but by the same token, the only dev, or I think we have two devs that can push code, and they're really only available on weekends, and you have to DM them special. So, yeah, know, hope they're available in t for takedowns for emergencies, but beyond that, yeah, it's a little more hit and miss. Yeah. Um, All right, should one, we pivot uh, to Ask Metafilter? Because we've been we've been yeah we, we've been on this I know people miss us, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fire off. Uh, without elaboration, four more links. Uh, the one that we would dig into if we were going to dig into it was the room temperature superconductor thing lately. Not happening. It's not Which has real. been fascinating, but yeah, it not sounds like real. it's kind of a nothing. So that's a bummer, but also everyone sort of expected to be a bummer. Um, there was a very good video essay posted uh, by Packy Lad, uh, a guy named Super Eyepatch Wolf, who uh, I didn't know I was aware of until I looked through some of his other videos, and I think I have, in fact, enjoyed some of his other videos that have been posted on Metafiller. But anyway, this is a fascinating hour-and-a-half-long sort of treatise on a long-running storyline with a WWE wrestler character called Roman Reigns, and it's way more interesting than I thought it would be, which is a nice thing that happens when people post stuff I don't know if I'd be interested on Metafiller. So if you want an hour-and-a-half of interesting uh, discussion of the complicated liminal reality and unreality of plotting professional wrestling that everyone knows is fake but still is a business still has plots yeah yeah and it's it, it, it's a great video it's really good um hey I, john cena makes an appearance i've been watching oh, yeah. um peacemaker this week oh yeah I, I still haven't dug into any of that at all but i, I should uh I, I like it, it. I mean it's it's weird because it doesn't really know whether it's a comedy i mean whether it's 
like it's dark in places yeah. like really dark well and, and it's then like in it's, other it's places like, it it hits joke notes and so it's a little hard to see like jim asks me a lot about shows i'm watching like is it a comedy is it a drama is it and i'm like i have no idea like i like it but yeah. i couldn't tell you what it is well it's 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 a spin-off from the suicide suicide squad films yeah which was definitely not anything i watched ever yeah um, but so I like John Cena, you know, local Massachusetts guy, and I figured I would see it. And he's great yeah. at it, as are all the supporting cast. I assume it's sort of like, to some extent, occupying the same territory as, like, the boys, in terms of that, that weird sort of deconstructive superhero. Don't know where... what that is either. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's another thing. Okay. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, well, yes, yes, yes. Cena comes up a bit around the edges in that as well. Because um, Roman Reigns ended up being sort of like the guy they threw all their weight behind as a company after they moved on from like throwing all their weight behind Cena for a decade or whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's interesting stuff. Um, there's also this post. Um, uh, the Pluto Gangsta made a post about the Kansas City Royals George Brett Pine Tar Bat stuff. Oh, I saw that zipping around the internet yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, and it's, it's 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 a great thread. Like like it's it's a really interesting read. It's a fun thread. People talking about baseball, and it turns into an extremely rules lawyery argument about the interpretation of rules involved in there. To the point where Flunky ended up ordering a copy of like the 1983 rule book, and then coming back to the thread to, to cite chapter and verse the bit they were talking about, saying, "Well, no, actually, I don't think it is in fact ambiguous in the rules as stated at the time." And it's uh, it's. Oh my perfect, god! So perfect good. Metafilter baseball so rules good. lawyer everything. Uh, it was a good time. Yes. Um, and the one other thing I want to mention, just because it came across my brain uh, recently in some discussion, was this post from 2019 about the 1999 Rock Paper Scissors tournament, which what? was a computerized uh, competitive like round robin tournament for rock paper scissors bots. Uh, and there's some fascinating stuff that came out of that in terms of like how people built bots that were able to outcompete other bots doing this very simple game, and you know how you had to come up with a like a dominant strategy to deal with all the other. Right. Strategies what does it mean to psych out a bot? Exactly, and it's it's I it just it came back to me that this was a thing. A lot of the links are broken, but you can find them on archive.org at this point. Um, and yeah, this is a nice blast from the past. Like, I remember reading about this in 99. Like, I, I tried and failed to find a Slashdot post about it. And then I ended up finding, of all things, a Metafilter post from a few years ago. Ha! Exactly on it. So I was like, yep, system works. This is why I like it here. Uh, anyway, okay. that's, that's it. That's the rest of my spree. Tell me about Ask Metafilter. Um, well, I don't have like a ton of stuff on Ask Metafilter because I've been less active there than normal just because I've been busy talking to organizational people, but um, there are a couple that are amusing. This one, uh, Mecarano one, I hope you don't find feel that I'm calling you out here, but basically, like, I'm looking for this blogger. I think his name is something like the, uh, I don't know how to pronounce, Venkatesh Rao. Googling that brings up nothing, and then the first two comments are like, that really sounds like Venkatesh Rao. Are you sure you didn't? And and basically, Mecarano's like, yup. <laughs> I was Googling incorrect variants of his name, and of course that didn't work. Thank you very much. You know, goodbye. And it's adorable. Um, that's that's just delightful. As, as we're all essentially getting older. Um, and similarly, uh, posts about names. This is a post by John Gorin. My five-year-old wants to know if there are any living rhinoceroses named Clara. 
Huh. All right. Answer? Yes. <laughs> and uh, Schnellop and Mr. Know-It-Some uh, basically sort of figured it out. Uh, but I thought that was kind of cool. It was asked and answered uh, fairly quickly. Uh, I enjoyed it. And um, let's see. And another like bookish one, which of course are just sort of lowball lobs to me. This is um, White Wall is looking at the bottom, reading a book, and at the bottom of one page, there is this little uh, sort of set of letters and dashes. What is it? And um, it turns out it's a, sort of a signature mark, and people sort of talk about it, and then other people who have books from the same era of Penguin, uh, Offog, of fog sort of specifically says hey you know i have a couple versions that have different different versions of this and they sort of talk about it and then it's a whole bunch of people talking about um like little squirrely things they find um written in books and especially in their own books oh, that's it's great oh, very this is... nerdy bookery yeah um that's okay in nonsense. there zambonis in there it's a lot of uh it's a, it's a it's a conversation among a very small set of me fights by the end of it, but it's just, yeah. it's fun watching them all. <laughs> this feels like the sort of ask meta filter that someone should just go and like make a post about, like, hey, check out this conversation on this weird green site. Right. Um, oh, that's fun. That's very cool. And then uh, the, probably the last one I have of the major things that I had bookmarked was John forty four, just being like, hey, I need to stop using Twitter. It's bad for me. And this was in March. Uh, <laughs> give me some sources of inspiration uh, or like other advice like I quit Twitter and my life is richer for it stories and so there's a couple uh, people talking about Mastodon people talking about quitting Twitter people talking about things that might be helpful um, and I, I appreciated it for that not very long uh, still open if people want to talk about uh reasons they quit twitter and yeah how like their life is how their life is better for it never oh wait one more one more open for a while one more ask me um which is just uh i want to read more biographies of brilliant women by underclocked they're looking for well-written readable biographies women who have worked in like stem stuff preferably women who aren't super well-known, um, but, you know, major historical figures are fine. Also, not looking for artists, not looking for sportswomen of uh, any gender, not looking for um, politicians, really. And uh, so there's just a lot of uh, good different biographies of women that uh, look like it might be really interesting. Nice. Yeah. That is some that is some solid list generation right there. Yeah. Do you have anything from Ask Metafilter? Um, literally, the only thing I have is a question I asked uh, recently uh, because I bought a Dremel and I wanted to know what else I can do with a Dremel. Hey, um, I've got a Dremel. Write your name yeah. on everything that's metal. Yeah, I mean, I, I need to start engracing shit, just to engrave shit. I got it for Soapstone primarily, which I've been enjoying uh -huh. getting back yeah, to. Yeah, I saw, I saw I'm gonna, some of the work you've been doing. It looks cool. Yeah, but I will I will just, like, reserve that for another episode because I'm not going to add another <laughs> 10 minutes of me <laughs> to what's already yet. Going off about Dremels. Here. Yep. I have well, lots to say, and I've been enjoying it, but uh, next time. Yes. Um, 
Any bits and pieces in particular you want to note uh, from uh, Fanfare or Metatalk? Um, well, I've been enjoying Fanfare. I've been watching the After Party along with a couple other people. It's been interesting oh. to check on the old um, After Party Season 2. Yeah. It's been interesting. Let me let me actually get those links out. It's been interesting. Um, like, I've, I, I read through some... <laughs> I often am watching uh, shows significantly later than other people are watching shows and so sometimes it's kind of fun to go through later and see just what people had to say about yeah. the shows and sometimes it's fun to actually peace marker nope sometimes it's fun to actually go through and like leave comments in a thread that's like pretty old and be like hey because uh you've probably seen on fanfare but dirty old town has been doing a fundraiser and uh, linking to a bunch of trailers uh so if you want to like look at dirty old towns stuff there it's actually uh there's a whole bunch of pretty interesting stuff sorry i just noticed one of the things doesn't have a cover for whatever reason (laughs) fixing something on the fly Good radio. I haven't ever noticed anything on the front page of uh, Fanfare that doesn't have a like a box cover where it shows the recently added stuff. Drop us an email because we can we can fix it. But yeah, I think I just finished. Um, oh, uh, Mrs. Davis. Have you seen Mrs. Davis? Uh, no. I believe. I'm not sure it's I even know what Mrs. Davis is. It's a really interesting, let me find the link uh, in Fanfare, but I heard about it from one of my kind of internet people friends, and it's basically like eight episodes, one and done, miniseries about a woman, like it's a possible future where there's kind of an app thing that kind of just takes over everything, a powerful AI, and then there's Sister Simone, who's a nun, and then her ex-boyfriend, and there's a whole kind of quest to figure out what's going on and how to take it over. And it's just very, like, high-concept-y um, TV. I guess it's on Peacock, I think. And um, just very well acted. A lot of people you kind of recognize from this and that. Very um, sort of larger than life in some ways. So it's like a sci-fi show. It has a lot sure. of um, religious aspects to it. Um, and a lot of aspects of religion in it. So if you're not religious, don't worry about it. Um, if you're very religious, uh, I saw like one review that on IMDb and it was somebody who was very religious and they were very bad at how a certain character was portrayed. And, you know, sorry about that. Uh, but I think a lot of people would find interesting stuff about it. And it was really fun to talk to, uh, various people about it on Fanfare, uh, through April and May, which was when it was on TV. Nice. Yeah, no, I, I should check that out. I, I'm a big fan of, like, you know, high-concept uh, sci-fi mysterious shows. I've just been uh, recently watching uh, Silo. Um, oh, I've read all the books. I haven't... Um... I, 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 we didn't even know there were books. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, actually, watching the first episode and watching the, the credits for it, and uh, based on the books, by we the ooh! <laughs> so, oh, yeah, so there's exciting. a lot of books, and they're long. <laughs> Yeah. And and they were like such a big deal at the time because, um, you know, it's the Wool series, but because Hugh Howey essentially self-published 
and then they became like the hottest thing out there. And this oh, was before like Brandon Sanderson and before people were really doing that, he was one of the first guys in the sort of sci-fi world that had a book that got that big. I mean, I don't remember if Andy Weir's first book was like that or not. Um, yeah, I don't know. But this, this one at least was like that. I just read a different book by him, by Hugh Howey, not Andy Weir, um, about like people who live in the desert in sort of a post semi-apocalyptic America and people learn to like scuba dive in the sand like wearing <laughs> and, they can, and they can move around around the sand and kind of go deep diving for like former American stuff that's buried underground and it's, uh, it's very good. That's a good fucking why not of a present pre- premise. I, I like that. Yeah, it's a it's a weird premise, and it's a couple books, and it's pretty good. I mean, I don't know if I would go so far as to be like, oh, it's amazing, everyone should see it, but like or read it. But it's pretty good, and it would probably lend itself to some good television. Yeah. Um, speaking of television, there's a Ask Metafilter thread that I've been reading along with, but haven't really put on my to watch list but basically it's somebody who's noticing that like wonderful is like everything i've been watching is set in the u.s or england and then there's a couple things in south korea i would really like to watch more television set in not those countries recommend and so there's a bunch of recommendations some of which are kind of well canada or wales or scotland but then some of which are in sort of other farther away places and um, it's a really good mix of good mix of things. Yeah, nice. Um, I've also been watching uh, Forged in Fire as like dumb comfort uh, stuff uh, the last while, and it's a weird show. Like, oh, it's, it's, I've heard about that. Well, yeah, it's, it's a bladesmithing show. You know, not a blacksmithing <laughs> show, a bladesmithing things. show. Let's be clear. Right. But you know, it's it it it, it occupies that place of. There's enough sort of interesting craft and stuff happening on screen that I can enjoy that aspect while it's also still enough of an American like reality competition show that like it sucks in a lot of ways too. Yeah. My yeah, biggest yeah, complaint yeah. with it is that like they just don't really talk about process nearly as much as I would like, which is what I usually like out of a sort of a crafty competition show. Um, I've talked about watching uh, Blown Away, the glass blowing show. Um, and I have complaints about that in terms of like American reality like production stuff but it's way better in general about that stuff than fortune fire is like you get more of like good photography and process notes where this is like very meat and potatoes and in not the best way but also like other than worrying that maybe some of these contestants might be a little crypto fashy you know like uh yeah uh, you know but like it's in a worrying about it sort of way rather than like them showing up and doing overtly shitty stuff um but it's also very watchable. It's like I don't know. It's like we just like fuck it. Let's watch it, and uh, it's been okay. Like it's it it's it's easy to watch it without worrying about it too much, which is nice. And it's like a different crew of contestants every episode instead of like a season long thing. So to the degree that like boy, this guy is just fucking annoying or a little bit eh, I don't know. You don't have to keep seeing them for like an entire you know string of episodes. But anyway, that's what I've been watching. I've also been playing the hell out of Baldur's Gate 3, which I will also not even start to get into because we shouldn't take it. Good. I won't even ask you about it. Yep. Though I I'm, I'm hope you're enjoying it. I am, very much. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, there was one other... There was a nice post on MetaTalk uh, just after we we la- talked last that uh, was a post from, from Brooklyn um, 
suggesting the idea of an annual sort of Memorial Day for oh. uh, people who have uh, moved on or died and, and whatnot. And uh, I thought that was a very nice idea. And there was uh, a few okay. references to, to, to Artha, uh, which... Well, in really, um, Shoes Full know. of Dust, I think you probably saw... Um, yeah, yeah, just, just recently. In June and Caredwin, uh did a post, and uh, Dylan was really really into the site, and uh, it's just always sad. Yeah. But I, I think an annual Memorial Day would be good, and I'm going to put it on my to-do list because yeah. I really feel like we should actually do it. Well, and to be able to like do it with intention is nice because that's one of the things that I feel like came up in this thread a bit is like you know usually when we end up talking about it, it's because it's a shock you know it's because we suddenly all found out rather than be able to intentionally take the time to say hey let's do some remembering on purpose at a moment of our choosing so right. I think it's a really nice idea and yeah I would love to see that happen yeah um, I think it's I think it's a very good idea yeah and I'm sure there's another four months of other med talk stuff too but we're at like an hour and 35 now so um, yeah I mean it's not our longest podcast no no we don't have to break a record or anything also I turned off my air conditioning an hour and a half ago for this and I'm starting to like feel the 94 degrees seeping into the room so ah, see I'm sitting here with my cooling 76 but the humidity is being sucked out of the air and it's lovely nice yeah go get go get cool will do well, it's been fucking delightful talking to you. I'm, I, I regret it's been so long, and I'm looking forward to doing it more often again. Fantastic. Let's make a blend. All right. Good. 